0: Welcome to The Gym Session, brought to you by Sportsmate Mobile and Footy Live. It's time to chat all things football with your host, Jimmy Sabo. Alright, let's do this. Time for a solid
1: gym session on a Tuesday. Great to have your company wherever you may be listening. As ever, a huge podcast coming up for you. I'm riding solo this season to give you my opinions on the footy, no matter how much you may disagree with them. But I'm going to give you and everyone the fans perspective. I want to be a voice for the average footy supporter. And my promise to you is I'll read and present your feedback every single tweet or message to hashtag the gym session or my Twitter page at Zabo James. And also any footy live social media platforms. I'll be all over them. I'll read and reply to every single one of them. Even that Crow supporter last week who called me a flog. Thanks for that. Uh, this podcast is for you, it's for the fans, so make sure you get involved. Um, I'm going to speak to a couple of special guests today, give you some hard-hitting opinions on the biggest news of the week, and read out a couple of tweets. But first, let's recap what happened at the weekend. Yes, Jimmy. Round three selections left Richmond slim with no Dusty, while Hawthorne put down an intense Jaeger bomb to make punters unsure who to tipsy. The Hawks' defense was a tall order for the Toothless Tigers, who came up Jaden Short, he and the rest of the Mosquito fleet re over after Clarko's midweek spray, ensuring the brown and gold notched up a six-goal win and made the Tigers feel a Thursday night frost. Marvel Stadium was a bully-free zone on Friday night as the dogs barked away their giant threat. The boring midfield of GWS focused more on the biff than the ball, with the special ingredients of Haynes and his beef proving to be a recipe for disaster. A 24-point win enabled the team to finally celebrate with a chilled beverage. North was sure their coach had the wood over the opposition going into the clash, but Mason had just nine touches, with the Swans showing a McLean pair of heels. He didn't really play well either, but the Swans held on for an 11-point win despite their Haywood kicking. The Pies were hot on a chilly Saturday with their attitude intent and disposal incredibly crisp. Jack had 24 touches, while Pendlebury was piping Scott and side bottom as hard as steel. The Saints had a hill to climb, but doing it alone wouldn't be enough. St Hilda copping a 44-point C-bar. The Cats started like babies in their game against Carlton and were put in their cradle after Teague placed bets. Eddie and Murphy and their Blues brothers put on a blockbuster show just holding on, despite the danger, by slim 2 points. The Eagles were homesick in Brisbane, keen to get back to their place of Perth. The Lions didn't travel, but they still packed their McCluggage, as well as a couple of berries that would end up making West Coast kneel in defeat. The Lions remain king of the rivalry with a five-goal win. The Suns set on Adelaide's last chance to nix back some respect, as not even a crouch would help them dodge the embarrassment of swallowing a 53-point loss. It was Gold Coast day as it took Miller just minutes to influence the game. They had wits and a hole men, who they used to perfection. The Crows were worse than my puns, and while both teams have been poor in the last couple of seasons, this win shows the Suns have done weller. The last game of the round was all about one team, as the torrential rain looked to conduct even more energy out of the power. Skies were grey for Frio, with Robbie getting on the score sheet. As not even a five-star performance for the Docker skipper could stop them from sinking to a twenty-nine-point loss. With no wins from three games, Fremantle is stuck between a rock and a hard If they lose again, imagine how they feel on Monday. What we. Do- <laughs> What we didn't mention in this cheesy recap was Essendon and Melbourne for obvious reasons. Um, But if you've been living under a rock or your uh, NBN cuts out every bloody five minutes, I will fill you in. So basically, uh, Conor McKenna tested positive for COVID-19 on Saturday. It's not the first time the Essendon players uh, have tested positive for something. No, but seriously, uh, it resulted in the game with Melbourne scheduled for Sunday to be postponed um, an investigation was done into who was uh, in close contact with Connor over the weekend or over that time period, and it was confirmed that James Stewart was said to to have been the only one. So it means both players must uh, be in quarantine now, and it's it's good news for the Dons because they had uh, they had worries and concerns at the whole backline. Um, could be quarantined and have to play Carlton without a back line and, and, and it was going to be shocking news for them. But luckily, it's only one player, so two of them will be quarantined and uh, they'll get to play Blues with a fairly fairly strong uh, outfit, I guess. In times like these, it's good to get a fan's perspective and someone who's as close to the club and information as possible. So I've got an important man on the line. He's a journo, he works at Fox Footy, he's an Essen member for life and he's the best NBA 2K player in Victoria. It's my man, Mitch Deakin. Mitch, how are you, my friend?
2: Jeez, that's a, that's a real big pump up there. I don't know if I can live
1: up to it from here. Mate, I know you can live up to it. And, uh, and let's see if, uh, if, see if the Bombers can live up to what they've been put through because it was a very testy weekend for, I think, all Essen fans and the club. What were your feelings like when, when you heard that news on that Saturday afternoon? What's it, what's it like to be an Essendon fan during those moments?
2: Mate, as an Essen fan, all you do is you prepare for the worst Sort of expect the worst and then just hope for the best. Pretty much all week, you just been I've just been feeling like oh no, another player is going to going to come out as a positive uh, test result. Uh, the season's going to be stuffed. That um, look, they only have Jimmy Stewart that uh, that has the isolate. That's a pretty good result, even though it's uh, a bit of a shame for him as he we was getting back from injury. But uh, just him and Connor in- Two weeks of isolation is a pretty good result for the club, so I'm pretty happy because I was looking forward to the game against Melbourne. I thought it would be a pretty good game. Both teams were pretty even in the match, I thought. So, a bit of a shame we didn't get to see a match there, but uh, as long as they keep, uh, keep seeing footy, uh, in the next couple of weeks
0: will be
1: alright. That's right. Well, you've got Carlton this week and you saw what they could do to Geelong. Um, how are you feeling against the Blues who've, uh, in recent years, it's been very unpredictable between the two sides. I know you hate them with a passion. What are you and the Essendon fans uh, on Twitter and all in all your groups and the members thinking about this one?
2: Uh, well, as an Essendon fan, coming up against Carlton, it's the most nervous you ever get for any match, really, because you always seem to have close matches against Carlton no matter where they are in the ladder and they always just seem to bring out the best uh, like their best against Essendon for some reason but uh, we've lost a couple of games to them that we should have probably won in the past and uh, we probably we beat them in that year that we had uh, our players suspended as well so we've probably beaten them a couple of times we shouldn't have so it's always a good match and I know the last time we played them, they had Brendan Bolt was Brendan Bolt's last game where Paddy Cripps didn't do much because Clark went to him and tagged him so uh, It'll be interesting. You, you, you don't. I wouldn't be holding your breath against Carlton and Essendon come up against Carlton. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, well, it's going to be an interesting one. I thought you'd be a little bit more uh, confident than that, Mitchie. I mean, normally I've heard from you that when when these things happen at Essendon and there's a bit of trouble during the week, they normally do bounce back. Have you heard well, anything?
2: I'm, expect, expecting, I'm expecting a win. That's for sure. Yeah. But just against Carlton, you just don't know what's going to. You just don't want to get out of yourself, especially against them, because you're going to hear it from their fans. That's for sure. But I don't know anything's possible in footy.
1: It is certainly possible, especially this season. What we saw on the weekend—the weekend of the underdog—it was unbelievable. How'd you go in the tipping? Uh, I think I got
2: like two tips right. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was uh, a shocking week for everyone. Very
2: shocking result.
1: That's right. Well, Essendon didn't play on the weekend, but they did play against Frio and the Swans so far um, this season. They didn't set the world on fire, but they definitely showed some glimpses. Um, what's your expectations for the Dons going on? Uh,
2: to be, I, I reckon they can make finals. They, mm. they should. They should probably make finals. Uh, I know a lot of people sort of wrote them off after they come back from the break thinking that uh, there might be a few better teams that come back and better nick than them but I think finals is still the goal and probably win a final is the, is the big one but I don't know if that's going to happen this year um, going to Sydney and getting a win over them uh, was pretty satisfying given that they're probably a team that's going to hang around against any team in the competition uh, the travel constraints that the club had uh, made for a pretty good win I thought mm-hmm
1: yeah, yeah. well, you've got to be happy with getting the four points in any manner, I guess, in, in this season. Um, just before I let you go, I wanted to ask you, because we're, we're, we share a mate, um, Nick Guglielmino, who works here at Footy Life. Um, and he worked with you as well in the past. He doesn't like Jacob Townsend. Now, he said he was a fringe player, wasn't going to play well, couldn't get a game. Um, how have you liked him um, coming into and I think he's been pretty impressive in his first couple of hit outs. What's your thoughts? Mate, uh, when they announced that
2: they were signing him I was a bit off it I didn't I didn't think much of it I okay. thought it was just like a sort of hack reject That just can't get a game at a couple of clubs But uh, having him in the side He just brings so much in terms of defensive pressure And just tenacious at the ball Tackles And that that sort of just wills all the players around him Like he's obviously played with Devin Smith before And they, they just tackle and pack together Super Moody gets involved he's, he's, actually, he's really good for the team I reckon Good, for chemistry, good chemistry guy uh, obviously you can play that defensive four role And you can even hit the scoreboard as well Which is, is a, a, an added bonus So I really like his inclusion I think he might stay in the best 22 all years, To be honest
1: well, I think he will I think he's a great addition to the club And, and someone like you said Brings that attacking pressure And uh, inside the contest And if you look If you go back to the 2017 grand final I know you like to watch those old grand finals Mitchie Watch a tackle he absolutely laid against Adelaide. I want you to pick it out. And it is the moment that Adelaide started to fall. From that moment right then, they were up. I can
2: tell you exactly when it was, actually. I was looking at that highlight uh, yesterday. Wait, what, were you? 30 to 22, Adelaide were up. And he tackled, I think it was Matt Crouch. He Matt Crouch. Much into
1: Perfect. You, you were on the ball and you know. So I'm going to take this recording. We'll play it to Nick when we go for that beer next week. And we'll have a good yeah. chat about the past, mate. But thank you so much for joining me. I'm going to let you go. And uh, good luck with the Bombers this week.
2: Uh, thank you, mate. Thanks for
1: having me. No Good worries. Cheers. So you go an Essendon supporter, and he's uh, he's feeling confident, against, or a little bit confident against Carlton. You can never be confident against Carlton, I guess, when you're an Essendon fan. And it's 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 it actually. I'm going to use a word. It sucks to be an Essendon fan when this when this thing happens because absolutely everyone rips into you after the. Um, what happened in the past, and and uh, and another player testing positive this weekend, and all the um, all the banter that goes with it. I've been accused of that as well, which is fair enough. But yeah, it was good to speak uh, with Mitch on that. Um, it was good to hear some feedback as well from a, a few people. I had some tweets. Obviously, bet this being the first podcast, no one's tweeted about this yet. Uh, can't wait for all that abuse to come in. But there was a couple of tweets on the uh, weekly article I do. I do the uh, great hate debate from what happened on the weekend. I had one from Greg Ranger who said, James, not sure why Port received zero comment in your latest column. Why would you waste space on the Crows? Hashtag irrelevant team. Well, you know what? You've got a point because they are becoming irrelevant. I will guarantee you that. Uh, that What they put up was absolutely pathetic. I can't begin to describe how bad the Crows were and are at the moment. This is the worst position they've ever been in, ever in the history of their club. And I'm not exaggerating. The... the the worst place they've finished, the lowest they've finished, is 14th place on the ladder, and they are going to finish dead last if they if they don't improve. Even if they improve a little bit, what they what they showed on Sunday afternoon was heartless, spiritless. They had no passion, no will to hunt the ball, and they got absolutely bullied by a Gold Coast side. That West Coast did as well. Don't get me wrong, but West Coast didn't have to respond. Adelaide needed to respond, they needed to play for their season, they needed to play for their fans, they needed to play for their coach, who's under pressure, who's inherited this terrible, uh, I don't want to say list, because when you look back a couple of seasons ago, this was a decent list. Yes, players have left, but what they what they have there at the moment is a side who has... Uh, I don't know what, what's wrong with the culture there because the culture problem, it starts at the culture. We know how important culture is. When you've got players who are who are throwing punches at training at each other, when you've got players wanting out, wanting to leave, when you've got the the club and uh, its board members making comments about um, why they let players go, and, and uh, I, I don't think there's need for that. But there's definitely something wrong at that club. And when Andrew McLeod comes out, the greatest ever player who's played for Adelaide, and he doesn't feel welcome back at that club, there are extreme problems, and why I mention them in my in my column, um, I mention them under the hate section because what we hate to see is a club like this fall to an even lower uh, position, if that's even possible. I don't, I can't see them improving because this was the week where if they were going to improve, they were going to show something. It was, it was now. It was against Gold Coast. It was against a, a young midfield. It was against a team who are inexperienced and have been constantly underperforming, and they go out and they and they. And they, and they put that effort up. I want to I'll read it out to you just before I move on because it, it does agitate me. And oh, I don't have a personal agenda against the Crows. But it, how, how can it look? Two marks inside 50 for a whole game of football. Two marks inside your 50. And there was one in the first quarter that just bounced off Fogarty's chest. Bounced. Now, that's not because Fogarty's not a good player. He's a fantastic player and he's a great player who's going to be there in the future he might be at another club who knows but that's lack of confidence that's that's mental issues there and the chasing uh, that no like the, where's the tackle count tackles inside 50 7 to 17 they had 7 tackles inside their 50 gold coast managed 17 Adelaide had 28 inside 50s gold, has, gold coast had 56 it's ridiculous. We'll move on because I'm getting agitated. Why I didn't Why I didn't mention Port uh, is because well I could have, but there was only limited space in the article. I had three for great. They would have fit great, but I will say this: they look ultra impressive. Uh, they're on top of the ladder. They are unbeaten. But who they have played so far this season, for me, uh, it, well, it's it's fair enough. You beat Frio. You beat Adelaide. You beat Gold Coast. It's great. Um, in a in a shortened season, they're very important wins. Are they going to be consistent? We're not sure because before we've been wrong about Port when they've, we've put a few games in together and then they've fallen off the cliff. So that's why I'm not sold on Port Adelaide yet. I think they're a real, they're, they're real threat, no doubt. But they've got to play West Coast now, who, geez, I mean, even that, I mean, West Coast are, um, they're, they're kings of, I want to go home, it's too hard, you know, let me go back to Perth, I don't want to be here kind of attitude. So even then, but I want Port to be consistent. I think their youngsters are playing extremely well. Um, even uh, we had wines come back in the side and made it make an immediate impact. Um, and, and in the wet as well, when it, when it started to rain, you thought, well, it's all over now because Port is just hungrier and they're tougher. Even though they got Fife and Walters at Frio, uh, they fought back a little bit. But yeah, Port were ultra impressive. Thank you for your tweet, Greg Ranger. Um, I hope that answers your question. Simon Clifford said, nice article, however. GWS only scored 29 points against the Hawks in Canberra round 21 last season. Um, that's in reference to. The quote or the the section in there that I said, uh, GWS's score on the weekend, which was by memory, was it 33? 33, yeah, 33 points against the Dogs uh, was their lowest score since the inaugural season. I got that from Terry Wallace, and that was wrong. We both made a mistake there. Uh, 33 was not. 29 last year was their lowest score since the inaugural season. But still, 33 is not a great look for a GWS side who made the grand final last year. And uh, you thought they were going to respond? I got that. I got that. Uh, that tip wrong. Um, they came out, and the the chosen method to come out and bully the dogs again just didn't work. I mean, when you're sending Haynes out to eyeball Bont and Pally in the middle of the ground for the coin toss, I mean, you better pray that you win and it works out because that they look foolish. They do the giants, and they were out. They were out muscled around the ball. I mean, the dog's intent was. Let's go make a statement at the ball. Let's play with a bit of an edge. We'll stick up for our mates. Libba was in there backing up Bontempalli. And, and it shows how much this group, I guess, has lifted and matured since their loss in the elimination final last year. So come out and, and beat the the Giants by 24 points in really convincing fashion. And when Bontempalli scored that goal, after he was being bullied and pushed off the ball and, and everything like that, it was a fantastic moment. And I think uh, the dogs, that could be the start of something i mean we've waited for them they couldn't they couldn't go zero and three it was it was uh there would be no coming back from that, so they didn't so good on them for um for coming back and and making a statement against their their arch rivals i guess now It's a huge rivalry it actually is there was there was a heap of feeling in it. I love the biff I love the little little uh uh, off the ball stuff and, and and things like that But you've got to do both Surely You can't It was like GWS Just focused on the man Let's bully them out of it Let's try and do what we did In the elimination final Wasn't going to work this time And they, they really They're in trouble GWS um, And they're playing A Collingwood side Who are in hot form So it would be interesting To see what they do this week all right, the Pies, they're currently the benchmark. There's no doubt about that. They had a huge 44-point win over the Saints. They're unbeaten after beating the Dogs in round one and drawing with the Tigers in round two. So I guess they're in a good spot. Now I love talking to Collingwood supporters, especially when they're either on top of their game or on the bottom because there's always some interesting takes, a whole lot of passion there and that's why I've got an important man on the phone, he's sort of the spokesperson for Collingwood these days, he lurks around the social media posts for the Pies, been a member since birth I think, basically the junior Joffa they call him. So welcome Pies fanatic Frankie, how are you my friend? (laughs) <laughs> the Buckley Brigade, all those years ago. That's right. Even through the hard years, I think Frankie, you've been a you've been a loyal supporter. But these days, um, it's some of the good years. I mean, there's been a bit of heartbreak, but at the moment, the pies look pretty good. How how are you feeling at the moment?
0: Pretty good. I've been using the word unstoppable. <laughs> unstoppable. You see, folks like Stevenson returning. He's in the first ten minutes of the game. I know we're only playing St Kilda who I think uh, Radham's Radham's recruits were used uh, last week, while we put them to shame, and we get revenge this week
1: against GWS. Yeah, now look, a few people hearing you speak like this might might think you're putting it on, but I can say you are genuinely that enthusiastic about the Pies and think they can go all the way. But are they the real deal? Is there any doubt in your mind, or even the supporters' minds? Because I know you're, you're all across the Facebook pages and that sort of thing. What's the kind of message coming out from the supporters?
0: We keep this fit and healthy list. There is no doubt in our minds. I think the biggest problem is our selection and what players to put on the park every week because we've got that genuine, that many genuine A grades. We'll be back after a quick break.
1: Well, Trelaw might come back this week. And then you've got Cox who might come in um, as well, who played extremely well in, I think, the scratch match um, during the week as well. So is it what selections do you think uh, might change? Is it just those two?
0: Well, it's really hard to make way for. And what's exciting me at the, moment, uh, at the moment is the likes of Tyler and Callum Brown, Dacos. I just put 26 on the back of my pies jumper this week out of respect I mean they're in some sort of form early on and and you get steve chipping in to go he's doing his part it's really hard at the moment for for Bucks and I feel
1: for him yeah, well it's a good spot to be in I guess a good problem to have I think Darcy Cameron might make way um, for Cox he only had a couple of touches last week um, but it's up against a GWS side who really need to respond is there any I guess threat from them you think or any worry about what they did to you in the in the prelim? Well, let's let's see what tactics they
0: come out with this week. I mean, more an absolute debacle last week was for them, and I think all that is on our minds as pies people at the moment is revenge. Hmm. Revenge. I have f- forgotten about that day. I think after it, I said that loss hurt more than the grand final loss. And I was at both of them in the front row, and I tell you what, I can't wait to get a hold of them
1: Friday night and absolutely destroy them. Well, I, think you're sp- I agree with the Cox selection. Hmm. I do agree with the Cox selection this week because it'll make match-ups for them very hard. Yeah, well, it's your confidence. A lot of Pi's supporters are showing that confidence, even though GWS need to bounce back. I'm going to ask a serious question here and there's no, just be honest from you and, and the Pies, is the overall goal, you want to win this premiership. I've liked Bucks the way he said, you know, any, any time, any place, that's what we want to do. But would you consider this a failure of a year if you can't win the flag, even though there's question marks about asterisks and that sort of thing? Is it a failure if you don't win the premiership? In my eyes, 100%. How we're placed
0: on, our, on the last couple of years that we've had, we're building, there is no doubt that this year... Any team that's not contending is going to turn around with the excuse saying, "Well, there's an asterisk over this season, and it doesn't mean much." But I tell you now, we lift the Premiership Cup at the end of the year, we'll celebrate just as much as any other year.
1: I love it. I love it, Frank. That's that's great passion from you. And uh, and I'd like to say to you, good luck on Thursday night or Friday night. That is, I'm not sure. Friday Look, night. I I think I think the Pies can do it in my eyes, but GWS have to respond. If they don't respond on Friday night, their season's almost cooked. You'd have to say, their season's almost cooked. 100% I agree with that. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if Toby Green gets up for the game as well. That's but right. Maynard's got him covered anyway. So. <laughs> I like your confidence, Frank. And I will uh, I will leave you to it, mate. Thank you for coming on the show. And hopefully we hear, uh, hear a bit from you throughout the season. Good luck, Chad. Certainly, mate.
0: Appreciate you having uh, me a part of the show. And good luck. Go fly <laughs> Thanks, mate.
1: There you go, Frankie, the uh, the pie fanatic. I like his confidence. I like his confidence. I think he speaks for a lot of pie supporters who feel like they can they can go all the way this season. And why wouldn't you feel like that? The way they're playing, they look ambitious. They look they look solid. So the way they're playing at the moment, I think they've hit their straps quicker than most most sides. And that's why, you know, I've spoken about them a lot as the Premiership favourite um, so far because of how quickly they've been able to adapt to the situation. Now, I know they're playing in Victoria and a lot of interstate clubs are saying how unfair that that sort of is and maybe towards the end of the season it's going to even out depending where the hubs are and that sort of thing. But the fact that Collingwood are able to defend well and not allow teams to score... I mean, St Kilda scored 37 points against them. The Tigers scored 36. Uh, the Bulldogs scored 34. I mean, that's incredible, incredible stuff. And when they're they, when they're kicking goals as well... It all, it all kind of fits in and you think, I mean, I was watching them on Saturday going, this this is the, the informed side. This is the side to beat. Now, I know most of Victoria's are praying that, that the Pies, uh, well, the rest of Australia, I guess, are praying that the Pies don't win a premiership because of uh, how much we're going to cop it from our Collingwood mates. But really, you've got to respect what they're doing at the moment. I've got to talk about the the Hawks and the Tigers game now it's no no um no surprise that i am a, a tigers fan and uh i'm a loyal tigers fan some people call me biased i'll try and be as unbiased as i can be um they played horribly on thursday night uh, there's no excuses for that um dusty or no dusty with that intent i think we had uh, i say we i think the tigers had nine tackles to halftime which is so unrichmond like it's not funny um the way Uh, They were pressuring the Hawks. It just wasn't good enough. Um, Their disposal was shocking. They felt they looked unfit. Now, there's been talk that's come out of the club that in the last few weeks, there's been a focus from the coaching staff to get them fit, uh, repeat efforts at training, and and to get them match fit for a long season. Now, it's not an excuse. It's not an excuse, but one of the theories that comes out here is that the Tigers have come out a little bit flat they don't have the legs to compete at the moment now that's one of the theories i don't know i'm not sure if that adds up because uh we finished game strong um the last two the last two rounds we finished better than we started i'm not sure if that's the case but they do look they do look off they look they look very much off now i want to credit Hawthorne here because the way they set up was was brilliant and Clark had to stick to his guns to say all the, all the feedback to say, oh, McAvoy, they're too tall in the back. Don't play McAvoy there. You know, the small forwards are going to get on top of you like like uh, the Geelong forwards did. And he stuck to his guns. Good on him. He stuck to his guns and he kept McAvoy there. Now, that is a leader and a coach who believes in what he is sending his players out to do. Um, that I mean, he's the master coach he is. He's the best coach that the game's ever seen. And it just shows, it just shows that, the Hawks, I mean, in hindsight, you look at it and go, look, they were always going to bounce back, the Hawks, weren't they? They are always going to find a way. The Tigers looked off, and they really, really need to step up. Um, Jager O'Meara makes a huge um, a huge difference in the middle. Their contested ball was uh, terrible against the Cats, and they really lifted against the Tigers. So they're a team that, and at the start of the season, I, I thought that, look, the Hawks can make the eight. The Hawks can challenge because they've got a list that's not young. They're not rebuilding. They've got a list to, it was the oldest list in the in the history of the game they sent out last week and I know Burgoyne's age lifts that up a fair bit, but they're, they're in the the age bracket is like you've got to win a flag now I mean that's it that that's where you are the youngsters that are coming in aren't going to be uh, I mean I don't see them making a huge impact but Clarko's system is what's going to get him over the line. It's not just clearly on talent and quality but it's his system that's going to win a premiership if he he can. And they'll believe they can. They believe they can make finals and anything can happen. We've seen in the last few years that anything can happen. When you've got a good system in place and a team that believes in what's going on and then the culture comes into it as well, well, then you never know. Um, Hashtag, I was about to say Footy Mates Podcast. That's the wrong podcast. That was last year. Hashtag the gym session and tell me what you think. I will read out all your replies. That is a promise. The Blues... We'll talk about the Blues now and Eddie Betts. What an absolute star. If anyone says to you that they picked Carlton to win on the week, and I had so many people on Sunday, oh, I told you they were going to win the Blue Baggers. Didn't I tell you? No, you didn't. Nobody in Australia, no one in the world picked Carlton to win. If you pick Carlton to win, screenshot your tip and send it back to me because I want to see if someone actually picked Carlton. To go over there the GMHBA and to play like that against the Cats deserves recognition. My God, what a performance. They came out of the blocks, and I think they've won something like what was it, seven or was it seven or nine, seven first quarters. I think it was since uh, the start of 2019. They've been shocking starters, shocking starters. I spoke to Carlton supporters all last week who were absolutely disgusted in the performance against Melbourne, even though they came back into the game. The start that they showed was was not good enough. And I had to say, against Melbourne, look, if you're going to win a game, you beat Melbourne. And there's, there's no point being happy with, with um, good efforts anymore. Let's start winning games, guys. But, oh, mate, Pittenett was fantastic. He came and made a statement. Eddie Betts, from, he kicked the first goal of the game, and he made it a match-saving tackle, took a mark in the forward pocket to, to wind down the game. Uh, the Cats were stunned. The Cats were absolutely stunned. They, they didn't come to play. They came for an easy hit out, and they weren't good enough. And yes, they came back strong. And yes, the game—I guess—if there was—if there was added more time and it wasn't shortened quarters, they made it. They might have won. But it's no excuse, I guess, to come out like that against a Carlton side who were... i mean—look on paper, they—they're not close to Geelong. But it's all about attitude, and and the way they started, I guess, on the weekend was the difference. That's what you want from a Carlton supporter: show some heart. It's the first win there, I think, since nineteen ninety-seven or whatever it was, and and uh the Carlton supporters will be will be pretty pretty happy about that one and they should be good on them enjoy it they've got a big game against Essendon. and after what they know they can beat Essendon. they've been them before they've got a pretty good record so coming into this one the blue baggers you wouldn't you wouldn't tip against them i'm going to leave you on this because i heard and and even uh, frank speaking of frank he said that uh the argument of having an asterisk over this season and this premiership is ridiculous. And I agree, I will wholeheartedly agree. And I thought that conversation was already gone. But then the, the talkback calls I've heard uh, over the last couple of days, I just thought I'd, I'd like to bring it. I want to hear from you guys because is there anyone is there anyone who's who's got half a brain that thinks that there's going to be an asterisk? Because it, it, it's, I think it's survival of the fittest. I think it's more of a challenge... To win this premiership, it's going to take a lot of guts. It's going to take a, a lot of a lot of determination, the right mindset, the right management. The training's harder. The processes are harder. You've you've only got a limited time to show your best footy. And I uh, I truly believe that whoever wins this premiership will deserve it. There's no asterisk. I mean, you think of that that argument, right? Essendon won two of their sixteen premierships in year in years when there was no grand final. It was a round robin competition, right? They've won sixteen. No one ever puts an asterisk next to any of those. Right, Fitzroy won one, one of their premierships, one of their eight premierships in a season. There was only four teams competing, but they're still they've still got those premierships. And Brisbane Lions mention them uh, all the time, especially on their in their history page. And that's great. That's true. They won those premierships. It doesn't matter how you did it, what happened in the season. If you've got a premiership, you've got a premiership. No one can take it away from you. If you don't agree with me, that's fine. Let me know. Guys, I've had a blast just absolutely rambling on for however long it's been Um, and talking footy because that's what I love to do. And I'd love to hear your opinions. Please get involved in the show. Hashtag the gym session. Let me know what you think, any feedback, any abuse, whatever you want. I will respond. I will read it. And uh, until next time, guys, just take care of yourselves.